guys, welcome to Psyched Convos on Psychology, Relationships, and Personal Growth. My name's Nicole. And my name's Laura. And today, we're going to be talking about self-esteem. Um, so it's pretty exciting. <laughs> so I guess we'll just get right into it. Um, I think, so, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I, I was just going to say, I think, you know, a lot of people... Um, you know, struggle from this, and so hopefully this is going to be helpful. Yeah, for a lot especially of people. I think in this day and age of like the social media, I think there's a lot of studies being done now and um, statistics about how our self esteem has, as generations go on, it's gotten worse and worse. So I think it's pretty a pretty important topic to talk about, and um, hopefully get some good value from this, and can learn about it and apply it to your life. Cool. All right. So first we wanted to talk about some common misconceptions people have on self-esteem. Um, I think this, uh, these misconceptions like can really be harmful in helping people understand self-esteem and actually prevent people from having better and healthier self-esteem. So uh, we're going to go into some of those. So the first one is you're born either with high or low self-esteem and there's nothing you can do to change that and that's just what it is. So if you want to talk about how yeah, it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, basically, I think when we're born, we're we actually are born with a natural self, high self esteem. Uh, it's a given, mm. I think, when you're when you're born. Um, but then, what happens is, uh, you know, our brains are are just ready to start absorbing all kinds of information, and one of the main things that we do is we get information about who we are from our primary caregivers. And so depending on how they actually Treat us. met our needs mm-hmm. um, and how they showed love to us and all that, um, we start developing, uh, our brains start imprinting all this information into, you know, in our, all this information gets imprinted into our brains. And so if we are treated if our needs aren't met, let's say, you know, we don't get fed at a reasonable amount of time, uh, we're not cuddled, we're not, you know, we start, um, we start developing our neurons, our brains start developing an understanding of how we affect the world. And so as we get older, if that was our kind of main way of being brought into the world, um, we, we internalize then, uh, how we were treated and that becomes what we think of ourselves. So if we were treated well, if we, our needs were met, if we, you know, there was love and affection, you know, we, we develop this secure sense in ourself about who we are. Um, and the opposite is true if we're not treated that way. Cool. So, so yeah. So another misconception is self-esteem comes from those around you. So basically putting your self-esteem on um, external factors and the people that are closest to you. So why is that not true? Um, so of course now, like we just said, you know, when based on when you're born, you're learning about how you affect the world and that determines how you develop your self-esteem. However, when would you say that's developed? Like, when would your self-esteem be fully developed? Well, truthfully, that, that's what they say. Our brains are most open to developing the neural pathways in the first three years. I mm-hmm. mean, we I forget the percentage, but it's like a huge percent uh, of our brain is kind of formulated Formed. in that time. And then after that, it starts slowing down. And so right. kind of those main pathways, those main ways of thinking, 
are really embedded what's the word embedded Mm -hmm. in our in our way of being and so they're really our the the habits of how we think so you only got the first three years basically (laughs) you got the first three years yeah that's it (laughs) um so anyways so basically beyond those three years though self-esteem does not come from those around you does not affect um how you should how the you see yourself. So if you do have low self-esteem, oftentimes you start putting um, value into uh, how, other people, how other people view you. So, you know, somebody treats you well, you start feeling good about yourself. Somebody treats you poorly, you start feeling bad about yourself. And so you become very dependent on the outside world to give you that sense of high self-esteem mm-hmm. rather than inside. Um, and that's that's the unhealthy, you know, I mean, often not not something you can help being how you were brought up, but you can certainly change that, you know, if you understand that. But um, definitely true self-esteem, high self-esteem uh, comes from inside. But if you didn't get that or, or develop that, you have to work to create correct that it. now, to mm-hmm. correct that now. Right. All right. And then another misconception is... This is a pretty common one, I think, that is pretty pretty prevalent in the world today as well. Um, so people who are attractive or wealthy and popular, um, who look like they have everything on the outside, basically, um, they can't have low self-esteem. So this is definitely a common misconception because, like we were just talked about, self-esteem does not come from external factors. It really comes from inside. So if you want to speak to Right, right. So... You know, I mean, I think certainly there are people who, you know, are in those categories that have um, high self-esteem, you know, but many, for many, the reason they strive so hard to, you know, um, look attractive, be successful, all that kind of stuff is to compensate for how, how they don't feel that way, Um you know, so what look what's on the outside does not necessarily reflect what's on the inside for a person. So is it? It's kind of I guess like covering up insecurities that they have about themselves. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, and there, there's a whole host of reasons why that might be. You know, um, why they don't feel good about themselves and why they feel why they feel that doing becoming successful and like this because there's other people who uh, end up going the other direction would be which would be maybe like. <clears throat> you know, getting into drugs or whatever, that kind of thing, if they homeless. don't have, you know, but then there's the other side, for some reason, they choose to be more successful, keep trying to prove themselves. It's going to the extreme, it's yeah. either the extremes because of this low self-esteem. Right, mm-hmm. right. Do you know which, is there like, and there's no like specific reason why one pe- people go one way or the other? It's probably a lot of environmental well, factors, so, I assume. Yeah, and I, and I think that, that determines, you know, it's, it's such a cool line in the movie. Um, it was with Truman Capote. It was supposed to be about Truman Capote's <laughs> in cold blood. Oh, oh yeah, duh. Okay. And he interviews the killer of uh, of the book, the, mm-hmm. the killer that he writes the story about, <clears throat> or the the killings that happen. Yes. Well, what's the line? Okay. <laughs> so the tr- Capote talks about uh, in one of the scenes. He says, um, you know, he there were many um, similarities between the killer's upbringing and his own upbringing, and he says for some reason, and I don't know why, but um, they chose. I will. 
I walked out the front door, but he walked out the back door. Right, right. Which means, you know, who knows what that is. It's sort of that is, I guess, that internal character of who who you decide to be. You know, that's mm. kind of that free will and, and making that decision at that time, which direction are you going to go, so. There's not really, like, a pin, you can't pinpoint it. Because there's so many complexities and so many things that go into it, I assume that it doesn't, there's really no way to no. Well, because if there was a way to know, we wouldn't have murderers and we wouldn't have those types of right, people. Yeah. Right. I think so. that's where that, that free will that, you know, we we have those choices to mm-hmm. make. And we, for whatever reason, I think that's just kind of, that is Life. about who we are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So the next misconception is... Um, getting what you want will give you more self-esteem. So once again, placing a lot of value on yourself um, based on things that you will hope to achieve in the future or um, on external factors still. Yeah, and that's, <clears throat> you know, a lot of people set goals and, you know, they want to become get their education, become a doctor, or, or you know, they want to beat this time and whatever, you know, um, so they want, they have these goals and they think that when they achieve these goals that finally they're going to be happy. And the problem is it, it lasts for a while, but then you kind of go back to where, how you were feeling before. And that's because internally you really have this habit of not feeling good about yourself. It can't be based on outside things. Um, and you have to have a core belief that you're okay and that you're always okay no matter whether things are are happening well for you or not so well for you that internal um stability is what's Mm -hmm. what really makes high self-esteem right effective so here's a another question that i you know i have um does self-esteem um have a connection with achievement or like the types of relationships you have or um like just basic overall satisfaction with your life yeah well um i know like we like we just said that obviously there are some people that are overachieving you know where they um so it can affect you that way also it can affect you obviously where you think you can't uh you aren't good enough to be able to um, achieve certain levels, you know, maybe certain levels of income or certain uh, types of uh, positive things in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a good example of that probably would be about relationships. You yeah. know, we typically, depending on the level of self-esteem we have, we tend to draw to us or and or be drawn to people who have that equal level. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, then we're going to get a relationship that possibly is is an unhealthy one in unstable. terms of unstable if one is um you know if we're dependent on that other person to give us satisfaction and then on top of it they are struggling with their own issues and so yeah it creates an unstable relationship when we're both at a when healthy. you're both at a healthy level you're not so dependent on each other for that kind of well and then you're going to have a healthy relationship right yeah Right. And that I was just like thinking, I mean, this is a little, we'll get into these topics later, but like the, that makes a lot of sense then with like the two, like if two people have low self-esteem and they're drawn to each other, but then one of them is probably more the narcissistic side. One of them is the more codependent side. Um, but it makes sense then that why they would be, then if you're matching the person, people around you, you're matching based on your self-esteem. Right. It makes sense why they, and of course 
two, it's more unlikely that two narcissists will be together or two codependents will be together. It'll be more likely that the one will be with the other. Right. Right. So, so I know you've read lately uh, <laughs> some information about this. So what did you find about what's the difference between confidence, uh, self-confidence and self-esteem? Um, yeah. So confidence is really more about um, the abilities that we have. Whereas self-esteem is basically um, more on your, uh, your how you value and see yourself. So confidence is basically more like, oh, I have this ability in, like I'm confident in my ability to draw or I'm confident in my ability to cook and things like that. So you're basically placing that on um, different abilities but it doesn't really have anything to do with how you feel about yourself. So you could have healthy and high self-esteem and still have low confidence in certain tasks and abilities. So, um, but self-esteem is really just that confidence in who you are as a person and your self-worth and your value. Yeah, and I think, you know, as I think we were talking earlier, that, um, that um, so when you're not confident you can do something doesn't necessarily mean you have low self-esteem it could be just a realistic you know like for example like I used an example of I'm not confident I could be a good waitress because I had an experience like that and was fired in three weeks but I'm not it doesn't make me feel bad about myself it's not something I've really aspired to it's not something you place value I don't place value on being (laughs) a good waitress so it's not going to affect me uh, um your self-esteem. My self-esteem. Right. Well, and it's not about low self-confidence necessarily. It's kind of a realistic yeah. <laughs> statement. Right. You can't be good at everything. Right. You're not going to put value on everything. So right. You're just going to pick those things that are important to you. And you probably have high confidence in those areas that are important to you if you have healthy self-esteem. Um, but, yeah. So there is that difference. Um, but also, how can we... Or I think... Some people might think this as well. And I think, again, in our society today, like people are very, um, I think, concerned about coming off as cocky or conceited, um, looking too confident. I think a lot of times, again, like I said, in this era with social media and things like that, I think a lot of people can come off that way. Um, So obviously we all want to have healthy self-esteem. I hope, hopefully most people do want to have healthy self-esteem, but is there ever a time where it's too healthy or too high? Yeah. And, um, and my answer would be no. Um, there's a difference though between, um, more so how, uh, a narcissist, let's say would, um, show their, confidence in themselves or their versus somebody who truly has that confidence and feelings of self-worth um so somebody that really doesn't needs to put down other people needs to kind of show it off needs to kind of put it in your face and um that this is how good they are this is how um important they feel or whatever and somebody with true self-confidence um doesn't need to do that they internally just know and they also don't see themselves as more or less worthy than other people other people all have a a same um same level of value even if one maybe is more successful in their work or makes more money and somebody less 
the self-worth is the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, they might be more successful, That's that's, but that's on an outside level. That's not internally It doesn't mean them as a human being is lesser right. or more than. Right, there's a difference, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. I think um, what's really important to know, too, is if you do have low self-esteem or you're trying to work on your self-esteem, how is that, how is the best, what's the best way to do that, and how can we do that even if people around us don't encourage that. Okay. So, first of all, I think it's, you know, the first step is really to become aware, self-aware about what's going on internally in your in your mind, in your in your body, what you're experiencing. And um <clears throat> oftentimes we try to run away from uh just um or avoid certain feelings, certain thoughts. Um, possibly by, you know, work, working a lot or, uh, keeping ourselves really busy, exercising a lot. Doing things in excess. Doing things in, yes, yes. Kind of, uh, occupying our mind with things. Video, uh, video game playing, mm. <laughs> using your whole day to, you know, play video games. Um, of course, alcoholism and drug use and all that kind of stuff. Addictions. Tip, yeah. Addictions would fall into that. Um. So the idea, though, is really we need to face what's what really truly is going on internally. And when we when we do that, we want to do it from a, an observer perspective. So there's a phrase called, um, that says observe, don't absorb. So you're you're almost like look watching yourself, you know, or from third person kind of looking at out of a, a stance of curiosity, what's going through my head right now? What kind of phrases am I saying to myself? And seeing that from a curiosity standpoint, mm-hmm. not getting pulled in, like if I if you're saying something like, I'm such a loser, I made that horrible mistake, and now you're believing it and thinking that that's accurate, and then your, your emotions come into play, and then start you start feeling bad about yourself, and then it becomes a vicious circle. And, um, and that's what you're trying to avoid. You're trying to observe that you actually, that you had that thought. I just had that thought that I am a loser and, and just acknowledging that that's a thought. It has nothing to do with reality. It's, it's, you know, a thought that came by. It's not, there's no factual basis where there's no, there's no reality check to say, to specify this person is a loser. It's just a, a thought. Also, though, um, I think we, you made a good point about, obviously, first you had to become aware, but I, I was wondering, though, so do you are you aware if you have low self-esteem, though? Like, I feel like people who have low self-esteem might not even know that they have low self-esteem. So are there ways that you can describe and figure out if you have low self-esteem? Yeah, I think that if you're somebody that um, tends to feel that you're responsible for, you know, a lot for everything, you know, um, that you're the one that usually says, sorry, you're the one that usually gets, um, blamed. gets po- blamed. You're, you're feeling guilty all the time. Um, that would be an indicator that you have low self-esteem. You're taking on, um, way more on your shoulders than, um, than other people typically. Um, so if you have a general, negative sense about yourself mm-hmm. I mean that you're you're always responsible and you can't quite ever do the right thing and that kind of thing that would be an indication that you have low self-esteem okay cool 
So now that you're, so we know if you're aware, now that you can identify that you have low self-esteem, um, and now you're doing the, observing your thoughts more, is um, there anything else that you can do to work on your self-esteem? Like how else can you create more healthy self-esteem? Yeah, so of course, you know, if you're in um, an environment where there's people around you, and I would call that toxic people, mm-hmm. uh, who, you know, you they, they are critical, they, they talk down to you, they... Um, you know, they make you feel less than um, uh, good about yourself. Um, when you recognize that that's what they're doing, um, you have to... It's not about you. That is not about you. So there's there's con- constructive, you know, teaching of how, you know, somebody who maybe is your boss or whatever, or a parent even, um, about how, um, or, or just love relationship... There's a constructive way to help somebody learn or to teach them, improve, and and that kind of thing, um, which should help you feel more positive about you Mm -hmm. um, and more able to actually um, get better at that task. But if if with that comes this demeaning aspect, this critical, like, looking down on you, then then that's not because of you, that is because of that other person. And so um, nobody ever deserves to be looked down on, treated critically uh, from a d- demeaning standpoint. And, and then when you recognize that, that is, that's what that is, then you know that that has to do with them because nobody deserves that. So when you learn not to absorb that part, you know, maybe what they're saying has some a point to it, but if they're telling it to, telling you, in it way, to you in a demeaning in way, way, you have to recognize that that is not acceptable. And perhaps say something, you know, I don't appreciate the, the tone you used when you told me that. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they'll be understanding of that and take that cr- constructive criticism and use that later to talk to you better, but I feel like probably a lot of people like that probably won't. Right. Take it that right. way. And that, it's, that's, you know, obviously we can't control that. We can control how we respond. We can say something to stand up for ourselves in an appropriate way. Standing up doesn't mean like yelling back or anything, but um, it kind of says, hey, that's not okay. Uh, but yes, to, they may not um, take, they that, may well. <laughs> not take that uh, take that into account and change their ways. So the, the mere fact that you actually acknowledge that for yourself and said that's not okay um, starts to validate your self-worth and says, you know, tells you, you're telling yourself, hey, I'm worth stopping someone from walking all over me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to just let it happen and not say anything. Well, it seems like you're setting up more appropriate boundaries for yourself and how right. you want to be treated. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so other ways to do that is when you recognize there's certain people that, will continue to do that despite your, you know, you telling them that that's not okay. Um, you know, sometimes we're in situations where we still have to see that person, but we have control over how much how much time we do actually stay in that person's um, uh, company uh, or, you know, how often we are there in that company of that person. 
Um, sometimes we can remove them from our lives. You know, we don't have to see them anymore. And so we have to determine, you know, what our options are, you know. So if you're in a work environment, you probably have our, you know, you can't just exclude them. Look for them. a new job, but. <laughs> you can look for a new job. And in the meantime, however, you have to figure out how, how am I going to deal with that person. Right. And well, it's just about like changing how much value you put on those person's words too. Like, so setting the boundaries, um, knowing that this person is not, uh, treating you the way that you would want to be treated so you just don't put value on what they're saying. Right. Right. Yeah. Value in terms of how they're how well, how they're insinuating who you are. Well, it's like you just don't care about what their thoughts are about you. Right. So right. you just don't yeah, you become indifference. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes, that's a perfect word. Indifference. Yeah. You're indifferent to what they think about you. Right. Um knowing that what they think about you has nothing to do with you. Right. It truly actually has everything to do with who they are, which is probably someone with low self-esteem <laughs> who wants to feel better about themselves. Right. So you got to understand where people with healthy self-esteem aren't they recognize everyone is equal, right? And like they see right. people as valuable and so they're not people with healthy self-esteem are more likely probably not going to be putting other people down. Correct. Right. Correct. So, yeah. all right. Well, I think we covered everything we wanted to. So, um, great job. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Psyched Combos on Psychology, Relationships, and Personal Growth. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating or review. It would be really, really appreciated. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend about us. We would love to continue to grow the podcast as much as possible. Um, we also would love to hear any feedback that you guys have or any questions related to the episode. So please send any of that to psychedconvos at gmail.com. Uh, you can also reach us on Instagram and Facebook at, at psychedconvos. And we're on Twitter at podcast underscore psyched. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.